Well, it is um, truly a privilege and a joy. And this morning we gather together to celebrate that he lives. And we've been going through um, a series entitled Risen for a Reason. And as I prayed, that reason is here. He was risen for a reason for you. And as we've went through this series, we've celebrated some of the tremendous and foundational truths that God gives to us through his word. He gives to us truth about real greatness. We looked at when Jesus and celebrated the truth of him being with the disciples at the Last Supper, washing their feet, showing them that true greatness is found in being humble, obedient, and a servant. And he shared that truth so that you would truly be great. He shared truth about the gift of the Holy Spirit being received by those that would ask him into their hearts so that they would be able to navigate life. They did understand the most important things about living life and the most important things that we need to know as followers of Jesus Christ, as human beings, as people. We looked at truth about real joy, about what that means, and God's desire to fill your life with joy, everlasting, eternal joy. We looked at truth about God's promise to unite himself with us and to unite each one of us in him, to give us hope, to give us assurance, to be encouraged, empowered, in this thing called life. We looked at truth uh, last Sunday, Palm Sunday, about the reality that he is Lord. So he's capable. He's capable of of delivering on each and every promise that he gives, each and every truth that he gives to us, and he has a passion and a desire to do that. He will. He will. He is Lord, and he will be Lord if we just turn our lives over to him and let him lead. How encouraging is that? And then the greatest truth ever, bar none, has everything to do with this weekend and this day, the promise that he gives to love you, to love you as you are, not as the world says you need to be, but to love you as you are regardless of the choices you're making, regardless of the mistakes you have made and will. He loves you. That's why he died, and that's why he rose again, to give you life so that you might believe and have life in his name. There's so much that goes into that. And I don't know where you're at this morning. I don't know where your heart is. I don't know if you've ever opened up your heart to his grace or if you have and they're just things that you're dealing with in life, things that you're struggling with, things that you're, you're, you're wondering about and finding hard to believe that are either in his word or because of what you're going through in life right now that you're just thinking that maybe, possibly, he can't or he won't. So I want to share truth with you. It's my privilege to share these words. It's about an encounter that Jesus had after he rose again. 
and it's found in John 20. I want to read verses 24 to 31 with you. Now Thomas, called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where his nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe it. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God, Then Jesus said, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. You know, in the living of life uh, and in ministry, uh, it's been my privilege, and I say that genuinely, to bump into people who I think were wired a little bit like Thomas. See, Thomas was somebody who um, just needed to have the facts. He he was somebody who, um, in order for him to believe something, um, to be able to form a belief about something, he, it, it had to be rational, it had to be logical. He, he had to have proof, he had to have evidence. And just as he said, um, and in his doubting, I, I have to see it to believe it. I, I want empirical evidence, tangible proof, something that I can see or something that I can touch before I'm going to believe it. And see, for him, it wasn't plausible that Jesus rose again. Why? Because he had seen with his own eyes Jesus die. I I know that there are a a lot of people who are just wired like that, right? It's who they are. It's kind of like before I can verify anything or believe anything, show me. I want to see proof. And then that's okay. Maybe you're wired like that. I don't know. But don't you love what Jesus did in this story? See, because he could have did what sometimes I think we are guilty of, right? Sometimes we point out how bad it is that you just don't have the faith to believe, whatever that might be, or, or maybe even innocuously or, or not, not on purpose. You, you feel a little bit guilty because you just can't claim that promise. And maybe it's about the gift of grace initially that, yes, Jesus loved you, loved you enough to die for your sins. You don't know how many conversations I've had with people who've said he can't ever love me. And then we unpack that a little bit. And the reason that that's said is because, well, because I am pretty much unlovable. 
And, and that's what the world tells me. Well, because I, I've done too many things in my life, and there's no way that God will ever forgive me. Why is that true? Because the world says you're unlovable, because other people say I'll never forgive you. That's not God. That's not Jesus. And so there's some skepticism, right? Maybe it's about lordship. I hope and trust that everybody I'm looking at has, has received that gift of grace. Maybe not. But if you have, what don't you believe? What issue, what struggle are you going through right now? That you just can't buy into God being the God of the impossible. That whatever it is that's in your life, the things that you're dealing with, the things that you're wrestling with, and, and maybe you prayed about it, maybe countless times, and you're just like, man, I just don't know. I, I just, I'm struggling. I don't believe it. What is it? To you, just, just as, as Jesus said to Thomas. See, he didn't chastise him. He didn't criticize him. He didn't say, hey, what's wrong with you? He said, come here. Take a look. You see it? You see my hands? You see my side? Stop doubting and believe. See, I don't know where you're at, but all he wants you to do is come close. Take a step of faith. Maybe a leap. Find out who he really is. And you're never going to discover that when you're far away. You'll never see who it is that Jesus Christ is. You won't experience the love, the peace, the grace, the goodness that God desires to fill your heart and to fill your life with. Experience that hope and that power of just letting them lead. It's incredible. And that's why I, I was so thrilled this morning that we were able to celebrate covenants of grace with the people that were up here on this platform. Because that's a response to God's goodness. That's a response to who they believe God is in their heart and in their life. And it is a beautiful, a wonderful thing. And it thrills my heart to no end. See, God beckoned and called and said, hey, come close. I'm the forgiver of your sins. I want to be the leader in your life. I want you to partner in gospel with other people so you can do life together. It is awesome. It is wonderful. It's precious. And it's our privilege and our joy this morning to celebrate that, to celebrate his grace to no end. And that's the same invitation that he gives to everybody here. He wants you to know without a doubt, no matter who you've been listening to, no matter who it is that you believed prior, It's okay to struggle, but the tomb's empty. And I came, and I lived, and I died, and I rose again so that you would believe. And in me, you would have life. He says this in verse 29. Because you've seen me, speaking to Thomas, you have believed. And then these words, speaking of 
people gathered. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. Then these words in verses 30 and 31. Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. And this, and this is what I hope you hear in the bottom and in the fullness of your heart. This is the truth that we celebrate all of Easter for. These are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you might have life in his name. There are so many examples of that, um, so many stories. It's a story for every person who's sitting here. And no worries, we're not going to interview everybody one by one and see what those stories are. But they're stories of grace. And they're stories of rich blessings in the presence of God and a heart and a life. And see, that's one of the privileges that I have. And I wouldn't trade what God called me to do and who he called me to be for anything. It is such a joy and such a privilege. But it's also my hope that you know him that you know that he loves you unconditionally. And that he wants to be the one who leads you in this thing called, life is hard, isn't it? He wants to be there to encourage you, to empower you, and to lead you in life. Might it be because he was risen for a reason, that reason is you, that you might believe, and in him, you might have life. <laughs> oh God, I, I'm so grateful. Will you pray with me? Lord God, I thank you and I praise you for all that you are. And Lord, on this day, when there's so many things to celebrate, Lord, we've had powerful praise. We celebrated your grace through the covenant of sacrament and through confessions and covenants. God, I praise your name for all of it. And then there's things to come. Time with family, feasting. You're so good. You're so gracious. And then there's this thing called life, life to be lived. Each and every person here, whatever that might look like. But God, you desire to be in the middle of it, close in the heart, deep and intimate relationship, to pour your love into their life, into their heart, and to help them to see that you are the God of the impossible. As they take leaps of faith, claim your promises. Lord, reveal yourself in a profound in a wonderful way, as a forgiver of sins and leader in life today, in this moment, now, and then forever. I'll praise, glory, and honor to you, Lord God.